And now our feature presentation, Imitating Art with Don and Chuck. Well, right. hey everyone, welcome to Imitating Art, I'm Chuck. I'm Don. And the, the lag is here as well somewhere. And uh, today we're talking about Luca again, although for all of you at home it's the first time. We, uh, we had our very first Lost episode when we recorded Luca for the first time. And so now uh, we're just going to kind of recap what we talked about rather than have the entire conversation again. Because uh, that would sound fake to me, and I think Don as well. Uh, yeah. Though to be fair, we we only lost half the episode. Uh, we could have just released it with just you talking because we only lost my side of the conversation. I wasn't going to say what happened, but it's okay. You, so you, oh, I'm, I'm I'm here to take blame. I'm, you, I'm okay. You outed yourself. Um, yeah. Uh, Speaking of, let's talk about yeah, Luca. So uh, that will play 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 in. Unfortunately, uh, so for those of you who haven't seen Luca, I, it's been like a week now since I've seen it. So I was trying to think earlier about what happened in the movie. Luckily, not too much happens. Uh, it's a Pixar movie out on Disney Plus now. If you want to watch it. Uh, so it's about uh, this sort of sea creature named Luca uh, of indeterminate species who, uh, so he lives under the sea. He's very young. I'd say as far as humans go, he probably would be around 10 or so, 10, 11, um, maybe 12 at the oldest. But so he's this young sea creature. Uh, his parents try to keep him. Uh, away from the surface because that's where humans are so it's unsafe for sea creatures uh it's very bambi in in that sense uh but it's also very little mermaid because he's kind of this young curious dreamer who who wants to know what goes on up there and happens to befriend uh another sea creature by the name of alberto who teaches luca that whatever their species is once they leave water and dry off and go on land, they take a human form. And so they quickly start a friendship where Luca starts kind of learning about what goes on in, on the surface and what human life might be like, even though it's not exactly true because Alberto doesn't really know either because he doesn't really hang around humans. But they just have this friendship where they start kind of exploring what it is to be human uh, when Luca's parents find out about it. They threaten to send him away with his uncle. And rather than go away with his uncle, he runs to Alberto and they decide to run away to the human town that's nearby where they discover uh, friends and enemies and a race. Uh, they're very into the idea of getting... A, a, Adventure. Yeah, of getting um, a Vespa. So there's this big race that the town has every year that will give them enough money to win a Vespa. And so uh, a large portion of the movie is them uh, making friends with this girl who runs, who goes through the race every year, uh, training, and again, just kind of learning about the world and what it's like and uh, the way they're kind of this kind of trio of friends kind of grow apart, grow together, uh, you know, friendship movie stuff. Yeah, it was cool. Um, one of the, as we, uh, 
as we mentioned uh, in that in that recap, they're looking for the Vespa. Which what sea creature doesn't want a Vespa? Um, but it's you know they they have some they have some fun with uh, with like the friendship and the friendship between Alberto and Luca, and that they that they neither of them really know about the the human world, like saying that the stars are fish above them in the sky and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, which leads to some fun little visuals, Pixar style. Um, one of the things I, I wanted to mention again is that this, this, it was a, it was a good Pixar movie, but it didn't feel like, uh, one that was going to be breaking the top five Pixar movie lists, uh, anytime soon, uh, for any reason. But, um, it was still like a fun little friend Pixar movie and, uh, it was, it was worth a watch once, maybe a rewatch in the future, but not anytime soon. Uh, I, I'm not even sure it's going to crack the, the top 10 for, uh, most people, unless it's one of the first Pixar movies that they watch. Um, uh, I was going to say, I think top 10 would be hard. Uh, it would be a hard sell with, with so many good Pixar movies yeah. out there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a kind of cute, sweet movie that touches on some important ideas and issues the way Pixar movies tend to do. It doesn't really go too deep into it, which is a little unlike Pixar, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and we, I also forgot to mention that in this human town, whatever species Luca and Alberto are, uh, they are considered sea monsters, and everyone in the town uh, despises them and like is afraid of them, uh, mostly because they don't know there and hunts them. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of uh, that, like them trying to fit in, uh, one of the things that uh, Alberto does to uh, kind of win over Julia's father, who they're staying with, is he helps him find the place where the fish are under the water, which took me for a little bit of a loop because I was like, I just assumed that you were kind of friendly with the fish down there, even though the first scene of the movie, he uh, Luca is uh, farming these like fish or using them like goats and herding them. He's basically the shepherd. And he, uh, you know, so once Alberto is like, oh, actually, the fish are afraid of this area. You're never going to catch them here. You got to get them over there around this time of the day. And then he comes back with a boatload of fish. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, whatever these sea, me- sea monsters are, they do not live harmoniously with the other fish. That was weird to me, too, because, like, they, they eat seafood as well, um, which also was oh, yeah. odd to me, which I wonder if it would be odd to them if... Uh, if they watched humans eating any land mammal for food. Um, yeah, I guess so. That's true. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that led us to talking about briefly about how um, people use myths to like scare people away from, from dangerous areas and how, you know, the sea, the sea monsters are a myth that humans tell to, to keep people close, like to the shore. But uh, right. the area where the humans like to fish to the sea creatures, that's like a, a haunted fish burial ground. So the fish don't go there, which is why they're having trouble finding fish. Yeah. And that, uh, that I, I'm pretty sure I said something about that, that I actually I think I, I, th- I thought of in the moment was that the fish are kind of just as scared of the land like the land is this area where they don't know anything about so they make up these stories 
and they say don't go there because horrible things will ha- will happen, even though they have no real first-hand accounts of bad things happening that that we know of anyway. It's like just foretold by everyone else that you can't go there because it's dangerous. Um, but as we find out later in the movie, uh, Luca's parents... Uh, who live with their mom also their mom also goes out to the (laughs) to the shore all the time and lives among the uh the human folk and she is kind of uh like the the grandmotherly figure that helps him out and like covers for him when he's going out and she's like trying to let him get away with some stuff because she thinks her her kid is being a little too uh too harsh on her kid (laughs) yeah he's got to go sow some wild oats so he can grow up some I will say, if, if if we're mentioning things I liked about it, I, I, I mentioned as I mentioned before, I want to say again, I did I did really like that uh, how they rendered the water and the hair in this movie. Uh, like I thought those were like some of the best visual effects. Everything else was pretty, you know, pretty much basic. What you've come to expect from Pixar, maybe not quite as big of a scope as you typically see in the backgrounds and everything. Everything was a little bit smaller in this one, and I. I assume to me that had to do with the pandemic and the way people had to work in this scenario. But uh, some of the stuff was still like really uh, captivating visually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the, the story felt very small. Like it, it didn't feel like even something like toy story that takes place in a mostly contained area still feels like a, like a big adventure. Uh, this doesn't quite feel like a, a big event. This like, this feels more like, you know those 80s movies where, uh, like, the teens would go to, like, a ski resort and meet the bully and then, like, challenge the bully to a ski race at the end or, like, whatever. <laughs> like, it, it feels more like uh, a Pixar version of one of You're those. You're better off dead. <laughs> yes, exactly, like, better off dead. Uh, also, like, the whatever episode of South Park uh, <laughs> did pretty much the exact same thing. But... Uh, <laughs> One of the things I really liked about it um, was how it, it really feels uh, truthful about uh, how it feels to, like, be young and how, like, mm-hmm. they're just excited by, like, every little thing because they're discovering new things. Uh, like, even our, our the, the Vespa that they want to buy isn't, like, the nice Vespa. It's the the beater Vespa that is going to need work put into it once they buy it. But when they look at it, they just fall in love because to them, that's like their ticket, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, right. And it's definitely an upgrade from the makeshift Vespas they made out of like old chairs and trash can wheels or tra- trash can lids <laughs> previously and tried to go down the hill with. Sure. They, you know, they had the land of make-believe first and then now that they're in the real mm-hmm. world, like the crappiest Vespa is still the best Vespa that they can get and uh, the best Vespa that they will have had up to that point. Uh, I did want to mention that uh, one of the th- one thing I mentioned before was that uh, I liked the scene where they were they were taking those like uh, ramshackle Vespa creations down the hill and like challenging each other and like trying to like do those things that we that you know we do as kids like to go down the big hill on your on your bike or whatever go down the big hill on your sled but uh the the scene where they zoomed out from what it looked like to what the perspective of the of the kids were and it you know you go for like from zoomed into wide angle which makes it look way wider than it really is 
and or way way steeper than it really is mm -hmm. and like i feel like i i remember that feeling of of being a kid and like going down the big hill on my bike and then you know looking back at that same hill as an adult is you know it's 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 hardly a hill it's hardly an incline at all but i think they captured that feeling really well yeah and, and just that that whole sequence of uh, them you know they have the Vespa, so like they have the bike and they really want to go off a ramp with it. Like, you know, Alberto makes Luca hold the ramp. He's like, all right, don't move, don't move. And just the idea, it, it, it's like mm -hmm. I said the uh, last time we talked about it, it's like a supersized fantastical version of that because they're going super high, they're going in the water, it's super dangerous. But just that idea of whatever you're moving on, you want to go over a ramp and get into the air with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, it just felt very much like being a kid in the real world. Um, yeah. One of the other things we talked about a lot the first time we uh, tried to do this episode was how great it is that uh, it's male best friends who, like the movie doesn't shy away from like showing them hug or, or hold hands. And just like be affectionate with each other, which yeah, you brought up when we talked last time. And uh, as I said mm -hmm. then, uh, Alex had pointed it out uh, when we were watching it. And so uh, of the three of us, I was the only one who didn't notice it, mm -hmm. or, or at least didn't note it. Yeah, and uh, I uh, I ran with this uh, because I did. Uh, this was something that I noted that I really wanted to talk about. That there's a lot of themes that lead me to like think about the possible romantic relationship between Luca and Alberto also, mm -hmm. even though they're kids, there's a lot of love between them and that all that casual touching and hugging feels very, it's, it's nice that they, uh, they allow it as just a friendship thing, but it does feel like they are hinting at the possibility of something down the line. Um, and a big, and the theme of big theme of the movie is hiding who you are in a place where, you know, people around you might hate you for your true self and that really feels like a like a clear parallel to the LGBT experience in a lot of places. So it felt like they were kind of, you know, it, it, one by itself might not lead me to believe that they're hinting at that kind of relationship, but the two of them together really makes it seem like they're kind of putting it out there as a possible um, a metaphor or some, uh, you know, characters that people can relate to without going the full, you know, the full distance that might... Uh, lose them some conservative viewers and, and you know and making them making them children <laughs> yeah. um, uh is is an easy way to do that as well but it really i mean it revolves around the innocence of children in the first place so it does but it does leave that door open i think for the future uh of these characters yeah and and you pointed out last time how how sweet it is at, at the very end when julia's father who you also like to someone who looked big and gruff and is supposed to be scary, but it's like the sweetest character in the whole movie. Um, right. Uh, about how once it hits the end and, you know, they finally win that race together as friends. Uh, and, but it's raining. So everyone, you know, the water makes them turn back into sea creatures, sea monsters. And uh, mm -hmm. everyone looks at them and is afraid and they don't know what they are, or what's going on. And Julia's dead steps up and he says, I know who these are. Uh, it's Luca and Alberto. Um, right. 
Yeah, it's very very simply he says, you know, I know who they are because he got to know them outside of believing that, you know, knowing that they were sea monsters and then once he realized that's what they were that what they were, he kind of lost that kind of uh the bias against them because he now he knew they could be, you know, normal type, you know, loving, caring human type people. So, yeah, he he humanized them. Uh, which was great, and uh, he he was a great all around character. Uh, there's the scene where, because Alberto, you find out, like doesn't have a father anymore. His father ditched him, which is why he's uh, alone at the beginning of the movie. Uh, and mm-hmm. when he and Luca get into a fight, and Alberto basically runs away, Julia's dad. As soon as he notices that Alberto isn't there asks where Alberto is when they say he you know he went off he just immediately grabs up his jacket and hat and says he's gonna go look for him it's just you know I I had the thought that uh, Julia's dad I think immediately kind of pegged Alberto as someone who was missing something from his life and like needed something in his life uh, which is why at the end he decides to basically uh, adopt Alberto and, and take him into the house as, as part of the family, uh, which right. is again just another great, sweet little bit from from the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned uh, that somehow that he you know he's he uh, something else that I think is important that uh, Julia's dad is has one arm, mm. and there's a point where they're in the boat fishing and he's just doing all this like fishing stuff, rigging up the lines and everything reeling in things without any problem at all. And they don't really acknowledge it until Luca asks, or Alberto asks, what, what, uh, what happened to your arm? And he said, oh, uh, you know, a monster, a sea monster bit it off or something like that. And then he quite really quickly says, no, I'm just kidding. I was born this way. And then they move on. And that's all that they make of it. Like, they don't make it a big deal. They don't make him an other. They make him just a normal guy who gets by just fine. And they don't dwell on it, which feels like really important, like uh, in a movie that's about people who, you know, are different and want to be just like everybody else, you know, like wanted to just be seen as everybody else, not be defined by their different quality. Yeah. And he's actually so capable at doing everything one handed. I didn't realize that he only had one arm until Mm -hmm. right before they asked. (laughs) Yeah. And I likened him to like, an Aladdin character because he feels like he could totally be like one of the 40 thieves mm-hmm. or whatever in Aladdin and like he would definitely be like a bad guy but I'm glad that they made this guy who was kind of like a big dude that looks like he could be kind of gruff and angry and the 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 villain I like that they made him like one of you know one of the best nicest characters yeah. in the film and what a stash and what a stash <laughs> um <laughs> hashtag hashtag what a stash yeah. uh Alex had also pointed out to me how great she thought it was that school was used as like a a, a prize or a goal for uh, Luca throughout the movie because as he's exploring human life with you know their new human friend Julia, she's basically home from school for the summer and has her textbooks with her and he's you know, looking through this universe textbook uh, with her and just learning more and more about the planet and the universe and everything 
every day. And he's just yep. growing more and more interested in it. And he kind of learns what school is and that he can learn more interesting things at school and desperately wants to go. And, at you know, because he's a sea monster, he kind of knows or Alberto keeps reminding him, like, they're not going to accept you there. And your parents, like, you, you need money and your parents to go as well. It's just, it's just not going to work. It's, it's not something for you. But Luca keeps it as his goal. And in the end, when once his parents finally, you know, they come to the surface, they've been searching for him the whole time when they finally find him and realize that he can actually kind of survive on the surface and once they go to school, they allow him to go to school with uh, Julia. Yeah, and I that um that, I rem- or that that made me think that uh, I I kind of likened the the underwater life that he had as kind of this small town where the people don't really leave and they're afraid of everything outside of their small community. And then once they are forced to be among, you know, go out there and kind of learn who these people are, much like like Luca had and how and and like the townspeople learned about Luca and Alberto. Mm -hmm. Once his parents went out there and realized like these people in town can be very nice when they're not, you know, afraid of the sea monsters and trying to hunt them because they're afraid, then they expand their minds and, and allow themselves and allow their son to kind of go on and and learn about bigger things and. Uh, I, there was a lot of you know little things that happened in the movie that made you, that made it feel like everyone was kind of growing a little bit. Yeah, uh, and especially at the end when um, when through Julia's dad, uh, the town starts to accept Luca and Alberto, and you find out that there are other people in in the town who now because of that have the confidence to show that they are also sea monsters uh, in hiding. Yeah. Yeah, the two old ladies. That was great. I was, it, it, and we we were both expecting there to be more people out there in the town mm-hmm. that <laughs> that were sea monsters, but it turned out only a couple of them were. And I actually, I wasn't expecting them. I was actually kind of expecting the bully character, like essentially the Gaston character. Um, oh, really? To to turn out to be one. Well, because he was the one who's so much hmm. like anti sea monster. Uh, I, I just thought it would have been like a good ironic bit for him to have turned out to be one. Yeah, but I, I just want to talk for a second about how, how crazy the triathlon race is because two-thirds of it makes sense. So the first leg of the triathlon is swimming, which Luca has to find a way around so that he doesn't get discovered to be a, a sea monster because water turns him into one. Uh, the third leg of the triathlon is bicycling, which, again, seems very difficult the way he gained all of that speed going uphill. Uh, but the the right. middle section is the part that doesn't make sense. And I just assume that it probably happens in places in Europe and not in America. The same way you likened it to the, the races with uh, you do a lap and, and, and chug You're a chugging. beer. Uh, so the second part of this race is an eating contest. They have to... Scarf down an entire plate of pasta, um, which is why Julia throws up every year when she tries to do this race. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't think I could do it. I don't think, I mean, it would be hard enough for me to do, well, first of all, I can't swim. But even if I knew how to swim, <laughs> it would be very difficult for me to, to 
swim in a race and then bike in a race, but throwing in dinner right in the middle. Because it's not like trying to eat, like, you know, a couple hot dogs the fastest or whatever and just go about your business. It's an entire plate of pasta with sauce and it probably some sort of meat or protein in it at least. Yeah. And then you have to bike up a hill. Yeah. The fastest. Yeah. It's hard enough to bike up a hill when you're not full of pasta. <laughs> yeah. I would throw up too. Also, he has he, he's forced to use a dingle hopper to eat the pasta. Yeah, that that was the other uh, little mermaid uh, reference is that uh, <laughs> yeah. they had to use like they focused on forks a lot. Uh, much like her, her yeah. dingle hopper <laughs> that she used to comb her hair. Just a little uh, a little nod to to the, the little mermaid. Yeah, and there there was at one point uh, a seagull who looked much oh, like yeah. a scuttle. scuttle whose name we couldn't remember, so Alex had to remind us while we were recording last time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, and I did really like the moment towards the end where... Alberto is caught in the rain trying to give uh, Luca an umbrella and, you know, in trying to help his friend, he gets outed as a sea monster. Uh, Luca's going to go help him, but with the rain, Alberto basically says, no, don't do it because they're going to find out you're a sea monster. And it's, again, just that movie moment that doesn't really happen in real life where you see him, the character make this determined face. The music changes, it's in a little bit of slow-mo, and they just do the thing anyway, just out of bravery. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a good moment. I, I, I like those yeah. movie moments like during the climax. Yeah, also, um, and that, that reminded me, I, I, I also enjoyed that, um, that Julia was so accepting of Luca when she found out he was a sea monster. Like She was very quick to accept him at, for who he was, and she told him to like get away because she knew that the town would hate him. Like she was so upset that he had that he was going to have to go, but she knew it was the best for him to like push him away and say go. Yeah, yeah. And and when when he thinks that she's actually trying to get rid of him, she's like, no, this has been like the happiest week of my life. But you're in danger, so so go. Yeah, she doesn't even give it a second thought. A lot, you know. So uh, her 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 dad is raising her right. Yes. Yes. Uh, obviously he's super sweet how could he not be um i don't know if i had much more for the movie itself this second time around oh oh and the cat the cat was great oh yeah they 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 (laughs) underused the cat but other than that i i think i'm good on movie stuff if if you are i am good on it i'm good on it I want to take a break time. quick break and talk about lessons yeah. again for the first time. Yes, let's let's do. <laughs> All right, listeners, it's time to move on to segment two, lessons. All right, boys and girls. <laughs> I, I I think. You're right about the the queer themes. Like I I I think the the biggest lesson is uh, acceptance, and people are people, no matter what the difference in details are. Yeah, 
And I think, I mean, even without the, you know, even without the queer themes in there, that's totally the message that oh. comes across yeah. in this movie either way. Um, I'll just read what I had written, uh, what I've expanded upon a little bit. I wrote the, it's easy to be scared of things you don't understand or know. Uh, taking the time to get to know people without judging them allows the hatred and bias to fall away and for you to get to know the person underneath. Uh, Julia's father got to know them uh, Luca and Alberto before they showed that they were sea monsters and that allowed him to reassess his, like his hatred for them as a species. And, uh, just changing that one mind in the town helped sway the whole town away from the hate that they had for them as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. You got to find the influencer. And yeah. I mean, and that's what I mean. Changing one mind can really make a big difference. It really, it really does you know that 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 unlike uh unlike economics that really does trickle down yeah uh there's a <laughs> what's that um malcolm gladwell book <sighs> which one i can't remember anyway one, one of the malcolm gladwell books is um sort of about influence and how to change minds and and, and trends and things like that and mm-hmm. is it the turning point might be the turning point but uh a turning point, I think, sounds yeah, right. Yeah, one of the things he talks about is sometimes to make a thing a trend, you just have to find the right people to start it, like the people that others want to learn from and emulate. Yeah. Like, the Yankees can wear their baseball hats as much as they want, but as soon as Jay-Z starts wearing it, then everyone around the world starts <laughs> wearing them. <laughs> uh, that's not why I ever wore a baseball hat. Do you have you ever worn a Yankees hat? <laughs> no, but I did used to wear like baseball caps. Whether, whether I think I used, I think I had a I think I had a Cubs hat at one point. For one for one at one point in my life, I was obsessed with Chicago, and I wanted to be there for some reason. <laughs> I mean, I still I love Chicago now that I've been there a lot, but I I don't know why I'd loved it before. Um, I had a Mighty Ducks jersey just because of the movies. Um, hmm. Kevin Smith style. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever seen him wear a Mighty Ducks jersey, though. Um, <laughs> Just hockey jerseys make me think of it. <laughs> yeah, one of the lessons I had noted before was uh, you need to make your own mistakes. It's hard to listen to the warnings because you don't know the stakes until you've been there. I think I said it's like the, the wet paint the theory. Like that Mentos commercial? Uh, no. Not because he didn't find out about it until <laughs> after he sat down, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Just, uh, mistakes, like, there's a healthy amount of mistakes uh, and healthy kind of mistakes you can make uh, and, and grow from. They're always going to be a little more healthy if you grow from them and not just keep making them because you don't learn. Uh, that's unhealthy. That really sounded like a, at the end of the day, you really don't learn from your mistakes unless you make them yourself. <laughs> Yeah, it was my choosiest choice. Um, but I, I think uh, the main lesson for me, other than, you know, accept, acceptance, uh, was um, with uh, uh, Luca learning about the universe. Uh, Real quick, before we before you go into that, um, I want to say something about the mistakes thing. I think on the other side of that coin of... Uh, you have to make your own mistakes. I think there's a lesson in the parents' uh, perspective where, like, you have to allow your your kid to make 
their own mistakes as well. Like you have to let people, you got to let go a little bit and let them make mistakes to figure stuff out on their own. I just wanted to add that. Yeah, that that balance of uh, protecting and uh, letting them grow. Yeah. Um, but so the, the more uh, Luca kept learning about uh, the the world and the universe, and the, the more and more he got excited about it, and he kept learning that there were all these new things to to learn about, and he was excited by all of it. Uh, one of the big lessons I, I took was, uh, you know, the world just keeps getting bigger the more you explore and, and learn about it. Like there's there's almost always something new. Um, yeah, there's almost always something new to to learn or see or or hear. There's at least as many interesting things in the world as there are people, because everyone has yep. their own interesting thing. But there's also so many more things than people. It's it it is nice that again like 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 Alex had said that it's nice that they kind of uh, make school this like thing to be envied and desired, and like he's excited about knowledge like he's finally like come above the surface and sees how much there is to learn about and like he's his his eyes are just wide open and there's like that's another one of those childlike things where it's like you just see how much there is out there and I you just want to know about everything and that's and that's a great thing to uh to that's a great characteristic to put in a character that people might look up to yeah um you know it's not it's not a dorky thing to to hide from people that that you like learning or reading or anything like that um it 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 can make you better no promises yeah yeah and uh it's nice that julia pushes him toward that you know kind of uh, piques his interest in that way um but i also um made note that meeting people who challenge you is important Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and alberto really like pulls him out of his comfort zone and inspires him to push his limits and face his fears which results in him growing and finding excitement and knowledge and then eventually meeting julia who pushes him toward like the knowledge you know who shows him how to expand the knowledge he seeks and you know having those friends that push you out of that comfort zone can really help you like chase your dreams or even find out what your dreams are you know and then you they end up being the most important people in your life yeah and but no you know no matter how important they are uh, one of the final lessons in the movie is about how you know sometimes just because you have this these friends these people you care about these people you love uh doesn't mean you have to or get to be with them all of the time because uh, at the end Luca, you know, wants to go away to, to school and, and learn. And um, Alberto needs to kind of stay behind with Julia's dad and kind of learn how to be a family, like learn how to be a, like a, a person in society uh, and like care about others and not just be out for himself. Um, and it's something they each have to do, but they can't do it together. They have to separate and it hurts and they're kind of reaching out for each other at at the very end there. But ultimately it's best for both of them if, if they separate and go do the the things they need to do. And when we talked about it last time, I equated it to that shot earlier in the movie where they, you know, when they're going down the hill, they go off the ramp they go high into the air. They start crashing mm-hmm. down towards the ocean, but there's this giant rock behind them, and the only way for them to be safe is for Luca to kick 
uh, Alberto away so that they go in separate directions and, and miss the rock. Uh, which I have, yeah, that's the only I have thing, to think but... it's on purpose since yeah. they know that that's the ending and it's a theme in the movie. Hmm. Yeah. And that didn't occur to me at all when I saw it and I, it didn't occur to me. And once you said it, I was like, yeah, that's that, that they had to have done that intentionally. Yeah. I, I didn't think of it until we talked about it last time. And it, mm-hmm. uh, cause I liked that moment. And then when we talked about the ending, I was like, wait, it's the same thing that they, they yeah. have to separate say the it's protection the... of both. Yeah, and you say, like you said, it's a theme that recurs in the movie. Like the uh, Lucas parents at the end have to allow, you know, let him go to let him grow. And uh, Julia, when she finds out that Luca is a sea monster, she's like, uh, at you know, uh, as a, a negative to her, she's letting him go. Like you, she's telling him to go. She's basically telling him he has. You have to get out of here. I want you to stay. I've been having an amazing time, but for your safety you have to leave. And that's like, that's part of that. That lesson is that, you know, holding people back and holding people there for selfish reasons can be more harmful to them than letting them go to do what they need to do or, you know, be on their own and be safe or explore the world. Yeah. And and Julia goes to school in a, a different part of the country than where her dad lives. And I think, I think her mom also is, uh, still alive and like she goes to live with her mom probably during the school year and her dad during breaks or whatever and so they're kind of I'm assuming they're divorced or separated or maybe never married but either way they have to live separately and, and live their own lives and they have to live at least part of their lives separate from their daughter uh, because it, that's just what's best for all of them. Right, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a good point as well. Me neither yeah. too right now. I, I, I wouldn't even have thought about that possible <laughs> that possibility. Yeah, well, because they don't really ever talk about it. You just see no. Julia and her dad together. Like, they mention that she has this other life, but you don't ever see it. Yeah, it's just an, it's an, it's implied, but it's that's good. It goes along with that very well. I uh, the, 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 last, the, the, the last lesson I had, have written is uh, that if someone has a real impact on your life, then they're always going to be with you some way. Um, relationships that we have with uh, with any loved one, friends or otherwise, change us in a lot of different ways. And we carry those pieces on with us and they become a part of us. And, you know, whether someone leaves our life, leaves our, you know, zip code or, you know, dies and leaves us forever, they or you just stop being friends with somebody for not for some other reason you will always have like the good memories and you can carry that with you as well as the, you know, the parts of you that have changed over the, the course of being friends with them. So you always kind of have that to hold on to and look back on. And, um, and I, I think I mentioned something about the fact that you kind of, we kind of build up the positive memories and we, you know, it's, it's easy. It's nice to look back on the, the good times you had together. So no matter how much time you do have with somebody, you can cherish those moments. Yeah, and it, I mean, as, as trite as it might seem, good memories can actually help you through hard times, even if it's just cheering you up for a moment. Uh, having having yeah. that just does so much, or can do so much for you. It's obviously different from one person to the next, but uh, it seems, from my experience, that when you're having a hard time, having anything at all that you can latch onto. Uh, 
can ultimately have a lot of positive uh, influence. Yeah, and if we're being, you know, just like modern about everything uh, at the moment, you know, having friends that you can just call up or message when you're having a hard time and just make a joke, make a reference and, or just be like, remember that time that we did this and then you just joke or, you know, it, it allows you to, it allows you that time to forget about the things that are bringing you down. And at least for me, that, that really helps just to share a stupid joke or reference to something once in a while, like it just makes me like smile, even if I'm by myself and kind of helps me get back on track and stop feeling like everything is, you know, whatever I was thinking about is it being bad at the time. It, it, it definitely, uh, can work that way in the, in the modern days. If you do have friends, reach out to them. If you're, if you're feeling bad and reminisce a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I just had this thought that like sometimes dark can seem like all encompassing, but especially when it's the darkest, only a little bit of light can really like illuminate so much. Like I'm thinking of being in a super dark room and even if you have like your phone, light setting on like the lowest you see that home yeah, screen blinding. and it blinds you and you can see like half the room and find your way and yeah. it, it's a silly metaphor but it's true that like no matter how accurate, down yeah. you are like just a little bright spot of a day can have like these far-reaching effects and yeah just a little bit of hope goes a long way yeah well, that's all I got, I think. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I hope I hope everybody enjoyed this uh, abridged episode of uh, of imitating art. I I think we we got into we got actually we ended up getting into a little more than I thought we would actually. So me too. I, I think it worked well and it felt felt pretty natural to me. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, if uh, you want to let us know what you think of this uh, format and uh, or just let us know something else uh, about how you feel about uh, Luca and Pixar and everything else, you can send us an email at imitatingart1 at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at imitatingartpod on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, uh, you can find me individually at Big F and Moose uh, on all the socials, uh, spelled like it sounds. And uh, you can find me on the socials at don't worry i'm finite on instagram or twitter if you so desire at don at don is finite and my youtube channel is youtube.com slash don't worry i'm finite so check me out there um thanks for uh checking out this different episode with us it has been actual yeah it's been real see you next tuesday <laughs>